Hey, my whizzes. On today's episode, I'm welcoming Michaela Wright, a published author and content strategist who works with medium-sized food, farming, and health companies. And we're going to be talking all about why Google needs to be part of your digital marketing strategy. She has so much to teach us. So if you've ever wondered how to get better ranking on those search results, how the heck to optimize your SEO, and why you'd even bother claiming your business on Google, you are going to love this episode. Grab a pen because you are going to want to take a whole bunch of notes and let's get to it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Welcome, Michaela. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So, you know, we have a ton to cover today, but before we get into the learning, I want my listeners to understand who you are and what you do in the food, farming, and ag industries. So as I mentioned in the intro, you are an author and a content strategist, but what I didn't say is that you're also a small-scale farmer. You're an avid horseback rider. And I love this. You are a self-proclaimed women, woman who loves cowboy boots and wide open spaces. <laughs> so when you and I first connected, you shared with me that you have a background of 15 years in fashion and entertainment and B2B corporate marketing, but you left that all behind once you decided to dedicate your work to helping food and ag companies honestly market their products through story with that disclaimer. I love this. That is always backed by data and analytics. So can we start there? Why did you choose to make that transition and focus on food and agriculture marketing? Allie, it's two things. So first, I came from that background and there was always something that has held me to it. I've always loved horses. I've always loved rural areas and just being a part of the the production of the food we eat. Mm -hmm. So about three years ago, when um, I was having a number of health issues, autoimmune disorder, and just um, fed up with following like fad diets, I, I started researching what does my body truly need to function correctly? Because mm -hmm. I just couldn't take pills and I was tired of depriving myself of things that seemed inherently good for me. So that made, you know, most people would just do some reading, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I ended up learning how to grow food and raise animals. I'm like, I don't know where this came from, but <laughs> in that process, it stuck. Like I loved it. My stress levels went down. I stopped having anxiety. And when I was eating what I grew and raised, all of my autoimmune stuff just slowly course corrected itself. Wow. I still have that disorder technically, but it's not active. So in that process of learning to raise and grow my food, I, I fixed my own health. And during that time as well, I learned a lot of what's talked about in mainstream media is opinion, um, sometimes mm -hmm. skewed and not always factual. Mm -hmm. So, you know, knowing that I love what I do, marketing, Google data, I decided to help food and agricultural companies utilize 
what I'd learned to better help people understand their processes, their products, and how food really does nourish you and or could hurt you. I love that. And I think that, you know, as as you you first said, like the the story aspect of marketing, that that idea that <laughs> that we can explain a little deeper our big why when it when it links to the story, like that's really the place to start. And I love that your story led you to helping food and beverage, food beverage, farming, agriculture businesses share theirs. Absolutely. Because, you know, I thought more of them would have that skill, but they didn't. And it was (laughs) the lack of ability to share their story or as you say, their why that was preventing them from gaining entry into the larger conversation with the people that could and should be their customers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so today on today's episode, we're going to talk about Google, but you and I brainstormed so many topics that you could cover with my listeners, but ultimately we landed on Google, right? Because it seemed like such an underutilized tool and an afterthought for so many young businesses. I'll say myself included. So can we start there? Just like, let's, let's start from the top, like whether they're large or small, why is Google important for food businesses? So I'm going to give you the biggest, most slept on secret that people don't realize. In the I'm world. ready. I'm ready. Okay, so the three most important digital marketing channels that I've seen in 15 years across all these industries are email, SEO, and SEM. And SEM is paid search ads. Mm. Fourth is like a local referral and or word of mouth business, yep. but we can talk about that at a later time. You know, contrary to popular belief, I mean, again, many people think social media and and Instagram and video (laughs) and all these things are like critical drivers of mass revenue. They're a layer, they're a connector, they're a distribution channel, but they are not the key drivers of what I like to call cash money and customers. (laughs) And I'm sorry, that's the data in me. I'm like, I want to see the revenue. I want to see the acquisition. There's a whole plan to get to that. At the end of the day, if you're doing something, you need to be building your cash flow and building your customer base. So while you have to spend a certain amount of time doing certain things, I'm sorry, you, you focus on what is going to drive. And for me, Two of those things are related to Google search, okay. SEO and SEM. And across, and just so you know, I've managed over $1.5 million in ad spend in both social ads as, as well as Google ads, Bing wow. and Yahoo. Yeah. And Google, <laughs> which is like a 65% market share of, um, I'm sorry, 75% market share of search is always been the number one channel only behind email marketing if hmm. someone has a healthy list for you know acquiring customers thus making money. So wow. that is why I'm so surprised that so many food businesses haven't um really invested in even the basic and free offerings that you can get from Google. So it's important because well most of these tools are free. I mean free is great, <laughs> yes, right? We love but that. also um you know they they help you become discoverable, both Mm -hmm. at a local level and depending on your product or what you want to do, um, that can build to a national level. And over time that leads to, again, customers and revenue. I love that. I really like tying our actions to our cash flow. right? At the end of the day, we've got to make money in our businesses and we have to make sure that our actions are aligned with 
making that happen. And so Michaela, I I feel like even, even as a business owner myself, like I know why I turned to social media first, right? It feels like mm-hmm. a more, it feels like a more direct connection to my audience. I can show off my personality more. You know, I like to show up on video. I can, I can show my face, but at the end of the day, I, I, I think there's a difference between this connection that you make on Instagram or Facebook or social media and the state of mind that someone is in when they're searching for a product on Google, right? Yes, 100%. Like, and I believe me, I'm not knocking social. I like it. Course, I love it. Yeah. Um, there's places where I see Facebook and Instagram ads go really well, really yep. quickly, but it's yep. really dependent on the audience and the location. But in general, you know, Google search and SEM play into everything across the board. Some of it's long-term investment, some of it's short-term investment. But um, so to break down discovery and mindset, right? Yep. Well, when you're on Facebook, when you're on Instagram, you're scrolling, you're kind of looking at stuff, you're liking yep. stuff. You're in, you're in a very passive state of, uh, you know, you're in a passive state of discovery. You're yes. not actively looking for something or seeking some type of knowledge or some type yeah, of product. Yeah, it's more entertainment driven, right? Exactly. Like I want distraction and entertainment. Yes, yeah. yes. And and that is, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I've discovered some great things via sure. my morning Instagram scroll <laughs> with my coffee. Yes. But when I need to find something, I open up a browser and I start searching for it because mm-hmm. there yeah. is something that I need to learn or something that I need to research. And, you know, that's where I, even in that, that state of when I'm looking for something it's where I kept seeing so many gaps and holes of, I'm like, why did it take me 16 page clicks, which by the way, most people don't even do, but no. I will dig nope. to find, <laughs> um, to discover this local, you know, a manufacturer of, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, uh, discover this local manufacturer of honey because I use, you know, unfiltered honey in a lot of my recipes. Totally. So, but you shouldn't be on page 16. <laughs> you need to be on page one with like a little Google map dot on where I, you know, with all your information. So I can just call you or email you because I want to order, you know, a pound of raw honey. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So how, but yeah. how do we do this? Right. So I know, okay. I know it's related to SEO, right? And this this idea that I need to optimize my SEO. I'm doing my air quotes here if you could see me. Um, okay. <laughs> but what I mean, what does that mean? Why should I prioritize it? Like tell me, convince me because I I'm going to admit on air that I don't do anything with that. Okay, no worries. So you know, in terms of, let's just start with SEO. We're not going to yeah. get too much into SEM on this conversation because that's a whole, that's other, a whole that's just, other episode. That's like bison and we're talking about pork, right? Yes. <laughs> so um, let's start with just the fundamentals of SEO. Okay. Um, for search optimization, there's really, there's four best practices. Okay. And, you know, I, um, I've also gifted you that copy with these in more detail for your listeners later on. Perfect. But, we'll put all know, that in the show notes. Exactly. So the first four things you need to understand about SEO are there's some components to it. So you, you probably have a website. If you don't, you need to get one. Um, but on that, on the first thing that a, any website features um, are these things called page titles, headlines, meta descriptions, and those three things are just fields that you fill out that tell search engines what that page on your website is about. Mm-hmm. And within that page, 
you have keyword terms that all that are describing your business, yes. right? That support yes. what this company or this food product is about. So, you know, you have the number, I, I can't tell you how many websites I've seen that don't even have basic metadata built into it. Mm-hmm. Every page on your site, and that whether that's a blog post or an actual page itself, or even a product page, your product descriptions count in there as well, needs to have metadata. Because if you have metadata, that tells Google what your company is about, what that page is about, what that post is about, what that product is. That makes your site searchable and discoverable. Yep. That's oftentimes why people can't even find you. So the second thing that's important as a best practice is making sure that your site has original content. So while it's important to have, you know, those page titles and those meta descriptions and to have like proper keywords built within those, original content is, you know, the words that are written on the page. It's mm. the image that's on the page. And it could be, it's even the use of video or audio files. So, you know, all of those things, all those assets play into ranking and discoverability because each of those can contribute to the optimization of that page. Uh, The third thing that's really important is that you need to get people linking to your website so that, you know, any company needs links. Google uses those links, like Mm -hmm. people like pointing to your domain Mm -hmm. to help impact, you know, the way it views the importance of your website. It it affects its authority and credibility in Uh, search. So the more links that people, the more links your website has, the more credible Google validates it. Right. Because it's someone else verifying. Exactly. It's like a vote up. It's a review. It's just like when you hit the like or the heart. And I'm I'm sorry if this doesn't sound as fluid as what you might read in the show notes, but I'm trying to make this very actionable and understandable just because again, not as many people understand the nuances of it. Like, you know, I told you in our pre-interview, it's like most people kick it like it's 1999 when it comes to (laughs) SEO. It's like put the all the keywords in the title and the meta and put it on the page 48,000 times. And it's like, that is so old school. Mm -hmm. And search engines are so much smarter than that. You know, this is like I said, this is like, this is, we're in, no, this is AI. This is machine learning. So what you're saying, something your, your site's about, what you're saying that company's about, what people are linking to your site and your products for is then validating what you're saying mm-hmm. your site is about or right. what your products are. And, um, you know, that has a really big impact because again, like I told you that active intent, when people are looking to discover something, gluten-free crackers, uh, that are also corn-free and soy-free, mm. that, uh, that's low hanging fruit. If you, <laughs> if you've got that, if you've got that, that product that's available for sale on your website, optimize the right way, Boom, top of the page. Yeah. People come in, they look at it, they're like, oh my gosh, it's exactly what I want. Purchase. So yeah, I like I, I like thinking about this, Michaela, as like it keeps coming back to this idea of making it easy for your target audience to make the purchase, right? Like yes. when when we optimize these things, when we add the, you know, the tags and the keywords and stuff, we're we're making it easier for our audience to find our product and find the solution they need to whatever, you know, whatever, whatever challenge they're having, whether, whether that's looking for a gluten-free cracker or local raw honey, or, you know, a new hiking trail for the weekend. 
Exactly. And just to put it into context of why it's important to make sure that you've got some basic level of optimization going on your site in, you know, 72% of food and beverages businesses are searched via someone's phone at any given month. Mm. Like that's how people find. Um, And it's 60, 68% of health websites. So if you don't have the foundation, you know, the basics down, you are losing out on so much potential discovery from new potential customers that Mm -hmm. is just, again, low-hanging fruit. Put a little time into it. It takes a little bit to learn and it does get way more advanced very, very quickly. (laughs) I mean, there's things like schema and rich snippets and everything else. But in terms of just being able to craft a nice narrative with headlines and good images, just about any food company can start to do that. Like if you're Instagram savvy, you can become yeah. SEO 101 aficionado. Yes. I, okay, cool. So the four things, your site had to be searchable and discoverable, right? Mm-hmm. Like doing those keywords and the metadata and things like that. Mm-hmm. Number two was that your site needed original content. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine like content that's updated and like, you know, not out of date. Or Number cut and paste it from someone else's right. site. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yep. That's a, that's a no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number three was all of the, all of um, the link talk, right? Like we need people linking to our website. We need any company like needs these links and Google wants to promote, how should I say it? Wants to promote sites that are uh, vetted by other people and that are like legitimate yep. sites. And then yep. that four was thinking about mobile first, right? You shared, yes. was it 72% of food and beverage websites are searched mobile first? That's mm-hmm. wild. Every month and 68% of health. So, hmm. and, and and when you're thinking about mobile first, it's, it, I'm not trying to, you know, that might sound like a big meaty thing. It can be, but really it's about simplicity. It's does your site load fast? Yeah. Um, it Does your navigation allow them to find what they need with the drop down on the device? So these simple little things, it's like, you know, searchable, it loads and they can navigate the site yeah. on their phone quickly. Yeah. That's all that is awesome. as the, as the baseline. So if it does that again, that's another, that has another positive impact on your ranking. Yes. Okay. I like these, I like these four things because they all seem like foundational things that I can do that I can just, I don't know, spend a weekend and like get them up and running and then be like, Oh yes. And every time I put a new, every time I do a new page on my site, I take the 30 seconds to do the tagging and then it's just done. Yes. Okay. Great. So do you have any resources where people can go if they need assistance learning how to do this? Absolutely. So I'm going to start writing about it on my own blog, but also I'm going to recommend the best experts in the world. So one is Neil Patel. He's amazing. He does Mm. videos. They're very understandable. And I've been a lifelong follower of his. The other one is Moz. They are the standard for SEO. Yeah. Amazing too. Search Engine Journal, that gets a little bit more advanced, but you may want that. And then I always recommend reading Google's own webmaster blog because when they're going to do what are called core algorithm updates, um, and for those of you that actually know about SEO and ranking, I'm sorry I'm going so slow, but you know, I know oh, that you can I take this it. to the next level. I need it. <laughs> um, so um, that's where, so on their webmaster blog, Google always announces core algorithm changes. They do two major ones a year and they do like little incremental improvements on top of that throughout the year. But this is where they're making their search algorithms smarter. Like again, like think like 
Skynet, Terminator, AI. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not there yet, but it's like <laughs> Google is learning to think almost. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, as people try and game or to get things up, it relevels the playing field for what is real and to become more relevant and to deliver the best result. So, you know, like social media is kind of entering its like, I, it's preteen to teen years. Mm-hmm. Search, um, you know, Google, Bing, and Yahoo, I'm like, these are adults. So this is the smarter stuff. And the algorithm changes that have rolled out in the last year have been really fascinating to me. So this is why, even though we're talking about like the beginner stuff, just know that this stuff is getting smarter and smarter and smarter. So to learn to pay attention to it on a regular basis is really important because even if you start this, but you don't maintain it, all of a sudden you're going to be like, what happened to my traffic overnight? Mm. Well, mm. It, it's because you, you know, because of something that was changed. And so you're going to have to bring your site back up to a new standard in order to regain that. But that's just, it's called Google leveling the playing field. And, you know, in the past five years, even on like the SEM standpoint for running Google ads, yeah. like we have had two major ones that sent us into, and they don't amount, they don't tell you all the time stuff of is happening. Not, yeah. We like wake up in the morning, we're like, what, 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 oh my goodness. And then we're like, oh man, what they do? Yeah. And then you kind of like start reading all the deep experts. You're like, oh, okay. Yep. Yep. It's coming. And then you spend, I've spent, you know, um, with one of my SEM directors, uh, days, each of us just rebuilding campaigns, reallocating things, redoing things because we didn't see something coming, but we saw our cost jump sky high. We're like, oh no. So, you know, sometimes you hear it, sometimes you don't. Some, you know, so it's just kind of, staying on top of it as much as you can, or if you have someone that does that, making sure that they're doing that for you. And just, you know, not thinking that SEO or SEM aren't as viable as social mm-hmm. media, because yeah. you know what? They're more viable. It's, I, you know, I my own how... business comes from search, yeah, running my own paid ads, and word of mouth slash yes. referral. Email yes. isn't a real big thing for me. We're moving into that with a really cool newsletter for food and ag companies in the new year. But I'm, I I put my the majority of my effort where, our, where I make money to keep my very small team employed. Yes. I love how you're shifting my thinking here. I, I, really, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Okay. So I'm going to pause really quick and we're going to drop in a note from our sponsor and we will be right back to talk about Google's My Business feature. Hang tight. Hey, before we jump in, I want to make sure that you've grabbed my free retail roadmap, a workbook that outlines my nine steps to building a brand that flies off the shelf. If you're a producer of a packaged product in the food industry, you are going to want this. I'll add it to today's show notes, so make sure you check out that PDF when you're done listening. Thanks. Okay, Michaela, we're back. I love I love the four steps to improving your SEO, but now we're going to talk a little bit about Google like specific things. And let's talk about Google my business. What it, what is that? So, you know, I think most people know that you can claim your a, a my business account on Google. If you don't, you need to look into this. There's a link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but um, it's claiming your brand presence on Google. So if someone's written you a Google review, that's instantly tied to your My Business page. Okay. It, it, and so anyway, My Business is just a simple way to manage your brand presence for your company on Google. And it's free to use. Okay. You have the ability to manage your hours of operations if you run a physical location. 
you have the ability to link to your website. You can set delivery options for customers. Mm. If you, again, you'll have a physical location, you can manage your customer reviews, whether you have a physical location or not, very important. And you can also enhance um, mobile search features for your brand and or your product um, and generate driving directions to find your product with Google Maps. So Mm. I, I always thought that the Google My Business thing was just for someone who had like a physical location of a business. me too. And then in the last few years, I've seen some companies that are internet only leveraging it. I started watching what they were doing. And um, I was like, oh, oh, this is having a really interesting impact on your local search and your local and the local discovery of your services or what are they, whatever they offer. Like one was the guy that prints my label. He's out of um, Colorado and he's, and he was encouraging us all to write like local Google reviews for him. Mm -hmm. And then I realized what he was doing was even though he's only a digital company and he doesn't have, he's not open to the public, the ability, the ability for people locally to find him in the Denver area was skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. He's actually in Fort Collins because um, as more and more customers nationally, right? Cause he's a national U S printer. He uses like soy ink. He's really cool. Um, and it's all like, I, I won't believe me end to end. Like I like, you know, sustainability. Yeah, I know so I you like, do. I love trying it. to find someone who could like print me a soy based ink compostable yep. label. And yeah. sure enough, he's the only one that can do it. But what it was doing was driving. So sorry, tangent, but leveraging <laughs> Google, my business was building his regional, um, regional yeah. customer base, yes. like sky high. He's like, it's over six figures in just like two states, like Colorado. Think, and Oh, that's so interesting. And I think it goes back yeah. to your idea too, that what, I don't know, tip number three for improving your SEO was get yes. other people to engage with your content, right? So is, exactly. is that what you're saying here happened? He, he got reviews, he proved that he was legit and then Google prioritized yes. him. So there's this cross correlation hmm. to his local discoverability and managing his um, his business presence with a Google My Business page. So I, you know, whether they say it's true or not, I think there's everything's interrelated. To you know, all Google's products are interrelated. Like they always, yeah. I, I've yep. heard people say, yep. "Oh, if you're running SEM, it really doesn't impact SEO." I'm sorry, I've had enough data to say that's just <laughs> simply not yep. true. Like SEM is kind of the short-term juice as the um, SEO is more of that longer tail game, but they definitely have an impact because if you're running ads um, because of privacy and transparency and trying to cut down on fake news, every link is scanned by Google. They actually check pages. I've had ads rejected because of, hey, this destination looks a little questionable. Here's why. And then we have to make sure that we correct something oh, or totally. further clarify something. Too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I always think that everything with Google is interrelated. And I think that that's brilliant. So what I saw with him was that yeah, so managing his presence through his local Google My Business and getting more reviews and climbing in credibility because he had more reviews than any other printer in the area, he was helping build a local customer base via his national customer base that found him usually entirely through search because yep. there aren't that many people that can do soy-based inks on compostable label mm-hmm. and or which is discovery and or word of mouth because 
five packaging companies I talk to, they're like, well, you go to him. Right. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, that's amazing. So, yes. you know, the new and then the referral yet again. And then there, you know, the Google My Business is the connector for that. Yes. And then with that, it's not just about having, you know, a local address and then the, let that link to your website that's important and putting things out there. But those page, you know, Google My Business offers a lot of cool other features. Like, I personally have one here for the local area that I live in, which is Woodenville, Washington. And I am a food and farming, sorry, I'm a food and farming writer. And in this area, we have wine vineyards, we have organic food farms. We have so many things going on that when you look for someone in this area, I come up and the first mm-hmm. thing that comes up is my Google My Business page. I've added my own images to it. So my horses and the photography projects that we've done and I can go, I front loaded it and it looks gorgeous. So that is, you know, it really helped. Like, and then because of that, then all of a sudden, like I saw the way that my own search rankings shifted on Google when you're looking for my name to be way more coherent. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that I like most was like, like there was like some things in between, like if someone like pulls your, you know, articles from some more credible sure. site. So all the stuff I wanted on the front page is on the front page versus this mixed bag of tricks. So that was great. Um, so, you know, I will now add links to our videos because you can do blog post style things on it. I uh, in- integrated an Instagram feed because the cool thing that Google has for your My Business pages, they have hundreds of partnerships. You can do product feeds. If you book classes or book appointments, you can do those things. I mean, so Shopify, Square, Zen Chef, they have some really, really powerful things that you can connect other channels pretty seamlessly to your page. Um, they that's also so, have some other more so customized. Cool. I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. it makes so much sense because, you know, most of my listeners are on Shopify and they can literally just link their products to their Google. Yep. My, mm-hmm. you, my there's business. an app for that. There's wow. an app for that in Shopify. Cool. And it's really I easy it. to set up. I mean, I think Shopify is one of the best platforms out there for yeah. any food yeah. or farming business over some of the other choices. I mean, you got some great things in the marketplace, but hands down. I mean, even Grace Grit and Wit, which is our new branch, is built on Shopify. Awesome. <laughs> so, and awesome. I did all my integrations and I was like, this took 20 minutes. This is like brilliant. Because yeah. if I had to code this into WordPress and WooCommerce, this would have taken a lot more time. So I love, I love this. Okay, that, cool. Yeah. So this is, and, this is awesome. Yeah. And so the, and that's just, you know, and in, in addition to the partnerships, they have over 2,000 integrations that if you have a more advanced webmaster, again, this isn't just like click and do, yep. and depending on where you're at in that stage, you can possibly leverage those too if they make sense. Like, for example, if you want to do like SMS, I'm sorry, SMS text messaging, <laughs> yep. you can do that. Is is kind wow. of so, you know, like everyone's like, you know, it's like if something's going to eat the world, I hope it's Google versus Facebook. I just really do. Um, <laughs> yes, so, yeah. Uh, in, here, I hear you on that. <laughs> and in general, like once I have clients like using this as part of their SEO, SEM strategy regionally, um, I've seen an increase of about 15% for in-person visits to a store and or um, you know like or like online appointments that then translate into in-person meetings and or like revenue. So I've wow. done this now with um, some holistic practitioners 
And um, the best case was one of my friends who was a massage therapist and, you know, she was doing a certain amount of money per month. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, went through, I improved her SEO on her site because it just wasn't there. Well, we just ended up rebuilding her whole site on Mm -hmm. something that was way more discoverable, Um, customized it. The the goal was to build a regional customer base within a 30 mile radius of Sacramento. Sure. And her business increased 25%. Well, this is oh pre-COVID. So right. for her, this right, was right. like, oh my gosh. This was, and this was in 90 days. And wow. again, targeted, regional, really right. smart. And she had specialties that no one else had. So I had a lot to work with. And now what, this wasn't $100,000 type of thing, but for someone who's a local massage therapist, when there's probably over a hundred in the area, yeah. to increase your income by yeah. 25%. It's huge. It was very good. I did another, I I tested this out with a tea manufacturer who had a local uh, business as well. And, you know, these are just, just low, small tests to see what they Mm -hmm. would do on a larger scale, just so I could kind of get a formula down. But one of my friends is a tea maker and manufacturer, and he's just brilliant. And we did this for his location, but also to kind of help drive to his online. The online didn't set up so much, but in terms of like local sales of his product, um, and like it went up 15%. And that included his wholesale business because Mm. of discoverability, he was like, oh my gosh, like I, I want, you know, this thing and, um, and restaurants found him, everything like that. So that was not small money for him. That was, you know, over a thousand dollars a month. Um, wow. Um, That's and, amazing. You know, so for someone who is, you know, starting out in small, it was great. And now I've started to apply, like if it's applicable, um, this type of strategy with some of my larger clients, if it makes sense, just because again, it's a connective tool to some of the cool things that they're doing at scale. And I'm liking what I'm seeing thus far. And even just for them, they just like seeing it visually. They're like, oh, that makes sense. And oh, that didn't, we don't have to put money behind that consistently. We just, you know, we're using it as a connective part of our distribution. Oh, I love this. Yeah, That's why I'm a big fan of that strategy too. Something of, you know, as simple as like, you know, claiming the basic use of your my business page. And then if you're more advanced, seeing what integrations or partnerships yes. you might leverage to kind of dr- to see if you can drive more growth in a relevant way. Yes, it may I, not be relevant. So don't think you have to do it. Right. But it, it, everything that is, you know, just a small investment of time that isn't going to be intensive, I always think is worth testing. Yes, exactly. Like, Google My Business is free. There's no reason not to claim your business on there yeah. um, and, and see what happens, right? Yes. Okay, so you touched on this idea of using Google for product discovery. Can we talk more about that? Absolutely. Okay. So Google for product discovery. Um, you know, so this is this is where we're going to get a little bit more advanced. This is like if you have e-commerce set up, Right. Mm-hmm. And this is um, creating like a merchant account and getting your product feeds from your e-com platform yep. um, fed into Google Shopping. So if you're on big commerce, Wix, GoDaddy, Magento, Presta, or Shopify, which yep. I think we all love, you can set up a product feed. You have to simply usually add an app on the side of your platform. And then there's about three steps of validation. Like you have to have an email address. You have to have a return policy and a privacy policy. Great. Principle. Things you should it, do anyways. <laughs> right, right. And then you have to usually have, you know, easy to find customer service contact information in order to validate that as a connector. But then it pulls all of your products into Google Shopping Feed. So it, it will be your title, it will be your product description and your pricing. Um, you know, 
Google's kind of been behind in that image and product search thing, Mm -hmm. but it is slowly moving along. And I think it's really worth the investment since, like I said, it's very low barrier to do just to kind of start minding that as a channel because I've been searching, especially with what's happening with, you know, the pandemic, I've been searching more and more for alternative products to use because of lack of availability or um, looking for something that I can grab locally versus, okay, I'm going to have to wait three weeks for it to come from Amazon right, or a third party. So um, just kind of starting to do that um, is is just, again, low-hanging fruit. That's the way I built this interview with you is just to kind of talk about like ideas to consider if you haven't done any of this or you've only tested a little bit of this. So it can get way more advanced, like I've said, very quickly, very fast. But by the time you're at that level of scale, you probably are going to hire someone to help you out with this because your revenue would allow for it. So for now, this is what is a good place to start. Yeah. And I like this idea of you know, if you're, if you're using Shopify, if you're already doing e-commerce or, you know, maybe you've just scratched the surface, but you're, you're building that side of things. Why wouldn't you (laughs) take that next step to make your products discoverable in Google's shopping feature, right? It's the natural Mm -hmm. next step. Exactly. It's just, I mean, if you, you have that set up and you're going um, like, you know, direct to consumer versus B2B, even B2B, right? Like, you know, if someone sees something that they like, they may contact you and say, Hey, I'd like to carry this in my store. What are your terms? Right. So it just is a smart way to make sure that you're getting something you've created out there because it could yield, it definitely yields some short-term fruit in terms of discoverability, which we talked about Mm -hmm. as a combination of SEO 101, mm-hmm. but also just long-term um, potential. Yeah, it, may, it makes so much sense to me. Okay, I've got one question left before mm. I let you move on with your day. And I, it's a big one. And we yeah. could do a whole other podcast on this. There, I'm sure there are podcast you know, series entirely on this. But what is up with Google Analytics? Oh, it's a bloodbath <laughs> when it comes to food. I, and I mean, literally mean it's a bloodbath. It's, it, that is, I think that's even a greater surprise to me when I talk to, um, producers or companies or even just makers who have really cool, amazing niche, uh, food products that they want to get into stores, whether it's mm-hmm. grocery or local yep. specialty, they have no data to look at, to try and yeah. figure out where to go, how yep. to optimize something, where their traffic is coming from, if they have traffic at all. So Google Analytics, yet again, is free. And if you have any WordPress, Wix, um, you, 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 oh, you set up an analytics account. It gives you this thing called a UA number. It's universal analytics. It's a code. You cut and paste it into a field, and then it allows Google to track the traffic to your site. So who comes? It will tell you without any configuration or advanced, because mm-hmm. again, get really advanced really quick. It will tell you like where your traffic comes from, states regions. It will tell you keywords that people use to find your products that drove traffic. Um, If set up correctly, which again, most people don't have e-commerce goals, but if you set things up and you can set up these things called goals and events, you can then correlate sales to the data Uh, that comes into Google Analytics. So for example, when we just redid, when we launched Grace, Grit, and Wit, 
that was the first thing we did is, and, and some of what I wanted was so advanced. This is why I have a guy that does this. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I did the foundation. Now I want all these advanced events and I want this and this and this, and just write the map of how you did it so I can understand it. Yeah. Cause I have a limitation too. Right. So, <laughs> cause I want to know from day one, how people find us, where they're coming from and what did or didn't drive them to hit that purchase button yeah. as we roll out the products that we're going to have there um, from our ranch, you know? So, um, and that will also dictate like products we keep or things we dump because, you know, a lot of people, they're doing a lot of stuff. Well, the only things you should be doing are the things that are generating your revenue. Yeah. Unless it's just something you love so much, you don't care if it's not a revenue driver. It's more of a connective point or a discoverability tool. And it's a passion. Heck, keep it. You're allowed to, you live once. So <laughs> analytics is important because again, it tells us where people find you, how they're finding you, the devices that they're they're using to find you and in the, the keyword terms. So you, it's really important to have the foundation, you know, you yeah. need Google Analytics. You need some data because otherwise it's going to be very hard to make decisions and you're going to probably be wasting money along the way. So if you have these things set up, it's a lot, it's just, it, you know, the data tells you and while you may not think that, um, you know, some you might think something's working that actually isn't. Yeah. And that's oh, why gosh. I'll even say to you, <laughs> social isn't as big of an impact as people think. Yeah. And I can tell you that on a local level from like my two friends that I just worked on their small businesses for on a regional thing. And again, they each make less than $6,000 a month. But I've also seen that on bigger companies and individuals yeah. who make good six figures anywhere from, you know, 250 to $5 million. And they're like, yeah. wait, social doesn't make as big of an impact as these things. <laughs> I'm like, here's the data that I do not manipulate. Like this is, this is look at your, here's what, you know, like usually you have to move Google data into a pretty dashboard. Yeah. That's really hard for people to look at, but it's like, I would never manipulate data to say what uh, someone wanted to hear. I'll be like, this is not as much as you think, or this is where it impacts you very well. Like, for example, like, Brand awareness and targeting on social never as um, its costs are way higher than if you're just using remarketing, which is like to an e uh, remarketing is marketing to customers you already know. So mm-hmm. yep. whether they're a fan of your page or it's an uh, email list that you have that you uploaded, like I'm like yeah, remarketing has twice the conversion rate and it ha- it's cost you forty percent less. I would focus your Facebook remarketing efforts and maybe drop off some of the social, move it into Google, something like that. So. Proper data lets you make really smart decisions in or faster. That's that's yes. my that's oh, my soapbox. I, I love it. That is such a great place to end our conversation. Yeah. And I think that you have just done such a such a clear job inspiring me and giving me some some things to think about with my my own business and thinking about how my listeners can take some really concrete steps forward to make sure that they are making business decisions based off data and that they are taking these steps to to optimize their SEO and make sure that they are, they're using the power of Google. I mean Google is Google's huge and we need to yeah. harness that for our businesses. And whether some people don't like them some I I personally love them because I find that their products are the easiest to understand. Now know the trade-off for free is that you know they do they anonymize anything they use but it is how they improve ad relevancy sure. to you yep. even as the person who's being served the ad. 
So, you know, you know, there's some, you're given something, but not like it's public. Like, but again, like what you get versus what you're giving to me, like if you're, you're just starting out, or even if you've got a moderate sized business is well worth the trade-off because, you know, you're going to, I just want to see smart food and farm businesses grow and thrive because we know how tough the margin, no matter what you have in this industry is. Oh gosh. I, I can second you on that. Right. (laughs) Michaela, where can people stay in touch with you? I'm going to link this all in the show notes, but but I want to hear it straight from you too. If you are more on the food ag side of things, you can head over to my, my website, which is maca.la. I know it's very trendy. It's just my first name. I like that. Um, Or if you're on more of like the consumer end and you want to see what we're doing on the ranch with the animals and the products that we're slowly launching, you can head over to gracegritandwit.com and follow us there, sign up for our newsletter, and uh, maybe in a year or so, you know, join us for a retail ready class on the farm. Oh, you're like on my goal list, Allie. I know. I love this. I love this. That would be so much fun. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Michaela. I, you know, I always have fun chatting with you and I really appreciate your expertise here. Thank you so much as well. I will talk to you soon. All right. There you have it, my whizzes. I know I'm going to go back and re-listen to this episode a few more times, taking down notes for my own business. Like I said, I learned I learned a bunch about how I can optimize my SEO. I've got some concrete steps that I need to go in and do. And I'm going to head over and claim my business on Google momentarily. So how about you guys? I want to know. I want to know what you're going to implement first. So come and join the conversation in our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group. You can find it linked in the show notes along with all of the other resources that we chatted about on today's show or at foodbizwiz.com. So I will see you over in our group very soon and right back here next Thursday. Have a good one and stay busy. Instead of having a sponsor for today's episode, I want to give you a freebie, my retail roadmap. This roadmap is essential for anyone launching or growing a packaged food product, as it clearly outlines the difference between creating a product line that flies off the retail shelf versus one that just sits there. Find my free retail roadmap linked in today's show notes. You are going to love it. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.